The Dallas Mavericks fall to the Washington Wizards. What has to change? We'll talk about that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks. Oh, oh, Don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen each and every day. Remember, Locked On Mavs is free and available on all podcast platforms, including YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to comment anything below. Let us know what's one thing the Mavs need to change going forward. Ooh, ooh boy. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, and contributor at Mavs.com, the playing for something son, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Listen, <laughs> we're podding for something over here. We are. Locked On Wizards, they're not do- podding for anything over there. <laughs> I get to do a podcast with an MVP. Oh! We- we were we were one of the top you know pods in the network last year made it to a conference finals that's like really true <laughs> and yeah and you know some some other pods are out there just trying just podding to try to get some money yeah and we do it for the love and we're you know we're doing this right now they're just putting up shots you know they're just putting up pods yeah. just left and just right up pods you know that's not us we're playing for something over here <laughs> Oh my gosh, today's episode we'll talk about the Dallas Mavericks lost to the Wizards, 127-126, to 126. and yeah, we were spoofing the Spencer Dinwiddie-Kyle Kuzma back and forth on Twitter, uh, Dinwiddie in the postgame presser when he talked about the Wizards, that team's not playing for anything, Kuzma and his tweet that said, you know, that team, that team's playing like they're not playing for anything, blah, blah, blah. Can, can I go on record real quick and say that? That's kind of a lame quote by Spencer after a loss. Just gonna be, I mean, I think it's funny to take shots and like he obviously doesn't like those guys, but it's like, yeah, we just lost. So anyway, just had to say that. On you wanted to say that on the record and not the thing you said off the record? <laughs> no, I don't want to say that. Uh, it is what it is. He doesn't like those guys. They called him a locker room cancer. <laughs> they wanted him traded and like all that. So the beef is real. Like the Dinwiddie Wizards beef is real. Uh, we'll hear yeah. from Spencer Dinwiddie a little bit later. He answered a couple of my questions after the game. That that was really insightful. I love anytime you get to talk to Spencer Dinwiddie. He was great in our uh, media day interview. You can go look and listen to that on YouTube. And uh, yeah, just he has he's really insightful stuff. Him and Luke had the same answer for what is wrong with the Mavericks defense. So we'll talk about that a little bit later and hear from Dinwiddie. But this Mavericks, te- I mean, this Mavericks team, you score 126 it's points. It's incredible. It's, it's, it's incredibly inconsistent is what they are. Like the yeah. difference between this team playing against the Heat and this team playing against the Wizards. Like just those two games. What, like how many days apart are, the, are these days? Like one, two, three, four days apart, these two games. How different can this team look? In four days, and that Clippers game in the middle where they didn't play that well either, like it, it, it's it's wild how different the swings are for this Dallas Mavericks team. Why is that? I still think. I mean, it's weird because in on one hand you're like they're still trying to find their identity, but it's not even like an identity thing. They have their, they are. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> no, well, I think they're still trying to find the combinations of 
Are you crying or is it really upsetting you? I just can't believe that. Like everyone needs to know okay. their identity, like their identity in basketball. <laughs> I was blowing my nose. Do you have your acoustic? No. Um, <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but it, and it it's they're trying to find the the right combinations this year, and I just you know unfortunately the combinations don't exist on the roster. So you know. <laughs> I think we're just, you know, we're waiting to see what, you know, type of trade season is going to be like for for the Mavs and stuff. But I mean, you said it. It's the inconsistency. It, I mean, they lost two different, you know, two different ways these past two games with the Clippers and now this game. Going against the Clippers, great defense, but we're sitting on the pod saying, man, they, they could have used Christian Wood's offense in that game. They struggled on offense. This game, they put up 126 points and they lost. It's like, dang, well. Yeah, I mean, y'all could y'all you could have used Maxi's defense and stuff tonight. It's like they, you know, how are you? They're kind of inventing new ways to lose, and that's the you get kind of in the danger zone a little bit with that. This team scored 126 points and only shot 33 percent from three. Only took 33s. Like it's just weird this game because usually we're sitting here saying. And we did. You and I looked at each other and said, they got to take more threes. They only took 33s. The calculus for this Mavericks team is you just have to be so much better than the other team from the three-point line, the way that they're set up with this personnel. You just have to be so much better at that one thing because of the players you're playing with Tim Hardaway, Luka, Dinwiddie, Bullock, you know, uh, Dorian, like even putting Davis out there. Like You just have to be so much better from three. And that one specific number has to be so much better that you win the game and they didn't like they got out three point shot by one <laughs> like the wizards yeah. made one more three point shot took the same amount of three point shots and that's the game like all the free throws and stuff aside you could you know you could take that as it as it is and we'll definitely talk about that didn't really we'll mention that when we hear from him but that's how this team is set up and like you said there just isn't person i looked at you before this and we were like trying to prep for this episode and i said are there any roster or scheme changes this team can make? And it's like, there's probably some. Like, there's probably ones that we're not smart enough to think about right now. But, like, after watching this team for, what, 49 games, I, there's not another rotation. Like, You don't look at this rotation and say, all right, if they had played JaVale McGee, they would be better defensively because we know what that, mean, we know yeah. what that would look like. We've seen it. Like, yeah. We've seen how bad the, like the Twitter has beat the dead horse of JaVale McGee is a bad signing so many times. That horse is like, has lived too many. It's lives. my favorite thing. It's my Ugh. favorite thing after it's losses. Like, it's like, okay, we get it. it. Any like, loss. We get it. He, hey. it's, it's a bad signing. We get it. Like it's, I bought, bought some Tic Tacs today at Kroger and, uh, you know, they cost a dollar 28 <laughs> and you know, the Mavs signed JaVale for $5 million this off season. So this sucks. <laughs> uh, Jaden Hardy wouldn't have helped. Like Christian Wood wouldn't even help this game because the team needed to defend. Maxi would have helped for sure. That's an injury yeah. that you hope comes back. Christian Wood, you do hope comes back too because maybe you know you score a little bit more even with with Christian Wood. But like the team more than one twenty six, more than one twenty six, right? So this team, the, well, there, there's no rotation changes that that can be made. I don't think it's it's personnel. It's who they have, and it's you know when when like. Dinwiddie, I thought had a good game, but when Tim Hardaway Jr. is like your your third best player, like you're dealing with inconsistencies. When you have those wings that like are are really good or really bad from three, when when you know when Luca is over four from three, or he or he hits all of them, and like you know he's gonna score in his way, but he can be inconsistent at times too. Like that's just the that's the kind of game that this team plays, 
And then defensively, there's all kinds of issues. I mean, there's so many issues inconsistent-wise with this team. And uh, we'll talk about that when we hear from Dinwiddie here in a minute. The You know, you were talking about like three-pointers and free throws stuff. That's why you can't always look at these specific stats and be like, all right, that's what I mean. How many times have we looked at a game and said, man, if they just drove more, look at their points in the paint, man. Like they need more points in the paint. I mean, they had 64 points in the paint tonight. <laughs> you know, watch it at 48, but it's like 64 of your 126 were in, was in the paint and you lost. And so it's like you drove more. You didn't take as much, you know, threes because you only took 30 in the game, but. I I'll I'll say this when it comes to like changes, you could, you know, if you want to just really shake something up and go into the next game and say, all right, we can't just do the exact same thing. You could look at it and say, all right, Tim or Spencer, you're gonna go to the bench and Josh is gonna start. And just lean into the Luca, you're just gonna hold the ball. You're just gonna do this. I mean, you, he already handles the ball a ton anyway, but just lean into I mean, as long as Christian Wood's out, you gotta start Dwight. Dorian, you gotta start for defense. So then you just look at it and like, all right. You move Spencer to the bench, but Josh, I mean, that's a drastic change. <laughs> do you do go back from Tim to Red? Like, do you switch something up in the starting lineup, but you're still limited? Yeah, that's the one kind of change you can make. It would be it'd be Josh for Tim, I would think. Like Dinwiddie's playing well enough, yeah. and they've worked that rotation out well enough to where Luca and, and Dinwiddie are on the court. And thank the basketball gods, those two guys have been healthy <laughs> this whole this whole season for the most part uh, to yeah. play because you know what would happen if they were out. Uh, coming up, let's hear from Spencer Dinwiddie. He had a great quote about being frustrated with the refs. The refs were extremely inconsistent in this game. It made the Mavs mad. Luka got a tech. Kid got a tech. A rare tech for Coach Kid. We'll talk about how the team deals with that coming up. But before we do, let's hear from FanDuel. Oh, yeah. We're really excited about a new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. FanDuel. You may live in a state right now where FanDuel is legal. They have brick and mortar store. If you live in... Phoenix, Arizona, they have a brick-and-mortar store. You can literally go up and place a bet, get a drink, like hang out. It's it's pretty cool. New customers today. Get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. It's fun and easy. They have so many great features that make sports betting fun and easy. Go check it out. Go just check out FanDuelSportsbook.com. You can check out some of these uh, NBA uh, odds right now. Who do you think is number one for six man of the year right now on FanDuel? Russell Westbrook. Westbrook minus 140. Number two. No clue. Malcolm Brogdon plus 240. I think he's going to win it. Norman Powell plus 900. Jordan Poole plus 2,000. Benedict Matherin plus 2,000. Tyrese Maxey plus 2,500. That's how it's shaking out on FanDuel. You can go check out all kinds of other stuff too. NFL, everything else. Go check it out. It's FanDuel and Use the app, safe, secure, super easy to use. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports partner of the NFL. All right, Isaac Harris, thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen each and every day. And every post game, we're here for you. And we're here for you through the trade deadline. Deadline draft. Let's go. Let's go. Trade deadline draft. We're doing a podcast literally every single day. I'll go full Chris Traeger on that one. I'm going to go, uh, it's not draft, it's dash. What did I say? You said full trade deadline draft. And I was like, I don't think we're drafting, but <laughs> we are dashing. Miles Turner <laughs> to be to be traded. <laughs> uh yeah, deadline dash where we dash. We've done this in years past where we'll do a, a episode every single day up until the draft or the trade deadline or the playoffs or whatever. And this is we'll do it until the trade deadline. So every morning there will be a lockdown Mavs in your feed. 
All right. Tomorrow we'll do another trade pod, by the way. Got some tweets today about some magic rumors and mm. different stuff. So I'm sure we'll we'll discuss those. I'm, I'm falling like my Listen, I just want Jonathan Isaac on the Mavs so I can have a I have a Devin Harris jersey back here. And then I could have a Jonathan Isaac jersey and I could just have them next to each other and it says my name. That's all I want. Can someone get a customized Isaac jersey for Isaac just so he could. And then I could just have them stand next to each other and that could be like my Twitter header or something. Nothing to do with the Mavs personnel. Just you literally just don't care about any of that. The aesthetic of the name on the jersey. Like you literally could care less about the player himself. Just want my name on the jersey. All right, let's hear from Spencer Dinwiddie. He's an incredible quote, had great stuff to say. I asked him how. How does this team, what's the most frustrating thing when the refs are inconsistent, when Luca's getting frustrated, when kids getting frustrated, they both got texts. You can tell that they're visibly frustrated. Earlier in this postgame, he, some, you know, uh, Eddie Sefko had asked him something about, you know, getting frustrated. And he's like, just come out and say it about, about the refs. Like he didn't what he was like, just come out and say it. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to come out and say it. Like when the refs are inconsistent like this, what's the hardest part to deal with? And then I asked him, um, What's the biggest struggle defensively? He started to get into that. So let's hear. It's a little ways from Spencer Dinwiddie, but it's really good stuff. Here's Spencer Dinwiddie. Would like not to give up those free throws, but even if you do, right, you want to hold those guys to below average shooting because, like I said, he's going out there to shoot the ball. Like, you just got to get stops, man. Like, we want to be who we want to be. We had to get stops. Like, and we did that last year, right? Like, I know I was only here for half the year, but – we were, what, top five, top ten in defense. You know what I mean? Like, we we could talk about, you know, who's left and, you know, who came in or all that other stuff. At the end of the day, that's the biggest difference. We still putting points on the board. We still got LD doing his thing. You know what I'm saying? We still got people making shots at the end of the day. Like, until we guard, until we get back to that type of identity – and that's and that's a team thing. That's a, I'm not even talking about coaches or nothing. That's like team wise. You know, myself included. Like I gotta do better rebounding, point of attack. You know, talking on defense, all that stuff. Right, verticality at the rim, not found so much. You know, and then everybody else has their things that they're supposed to do as well. What's this team's biggest struggle defensively right now? Everything. Everything. I mean, you name it. <laughs> Let's, all right, as a guard, right, point of attack, get into the ball, you know, p- apply a little bit more ball pressure. Um, when the big makes the call, you know, get into the, the right positioning. You know what I'm saying? You want the big to call it early, right? Then if I'm weak side on the shooter, that means I got to be low man, you know, or if I'm on the bottom of the eye, if I'm at the top of the eye, I got to be high lift. You know, we it's all these different pieces and scenarios, and every person has a different job in that situation. And you just got to know your job and – you know, if, if it breaks down, it breaks down. I got to keep playing. I uh, have effort on it in. And, I mean, if I sat here, I could go all night with, like, all the different scenarios of different things. Um, but, like I said, we, we just break down too much. Everybody. You know what I mean? It's not like we can sit here and be like, oh, man, without X person, we going to just be this, you know, stopping team. Like, nah, like. We everybody got a little piece, a little bit, one more rebound to get, one more steal to get, one more charge to take, one more verticality at the rim. Like maybe not reaching and giving them two more free throws. Like I can't foul Bill on a three, right? Like you know whether I think it's a foul or not. At the end of the day, it's a foul, right? Like so, look, my bad. Can't do that again. You know what I'm saying? And everybody got those plays, and if everybody got two, three of those plays, well, they get one twenty-seven. Ooh, let's start with the refs. 
what Spencer did, what he said about the refs. Uh, he, I found it interesting that this team, they get up and down with the refs. We've talked about it a lot. It, it definitely affects Luca. I think it starts with Luca. He's the leader of the team. He's the straw that stirs the drink. He's the guy that everything works through. When Luca's getting frustrated with the refs, it just is a it's a trickle down effect to the rest of the team. I think it just starts affecting them. It affects them defensively. Luca's either not getting back on defense or is distracted playing defense and talking to the refs still like, during a defensive possession. This is one of the biggest problems this team deals with, and it's hard to pinpoint. All right, whose fault is this? Is it just on Luca? Didn't what he said. He's a grown man. Like he could take care of himself earlier, and you know. Is it on the coaching staff? Is it on who is it? Who is it on? Or is there just no veterans except for JaVale on this team that can say, "Hey, stop that! We we gotta we gotta focus in. We gotta actually play." Yeah, I mean, there, there's no Draymond, right? Like, there's there's no. I mean, realistically, if if one of those dudes went and got in Lucas' face, I mean, I don't think Luke. I mean, Lucas, man, hey, thanks, cool, bro. Hey, move. Can I yell at you again? And like, you know, he's just going to like go past them. So um, I just think it's going to hopefully take just time with Luca, right? Like there's, I mean, we could sit there and say, all right, who's, who's going to, who's the guy on the, on the sidelines going to yell at him and tell him, you know, but it's like, he knows like when he's outside of a game, he talks about it and he's like, yeah, yeah I gotta get better. I mean, he's, he's openly talked about it. Um, it's just, once he gets in the game, he's such this, we've talked about this a million times. This is the give and take of, Having having a a superstar that we love his emotions. We love when he's doing the air guitars and yelling at the yep. crowd. But when things aren't going his way, he's gonna argue too and throw a fit and make some funny dumb faces and go and you know whine to Mark in the bench at times. Like it's like parents of like, oh, can you imagine this? Like look, he's like looking at him like telling on the refs. It's sometimes, but I don't know if there's anything you can do unless you trade for a vet like a Draymond type or something like that, that has the pedigree that has some rings that has some, you know, that when they talk, Luke is going to like, Oh, okay. I got to listen to this guy. Um, unfortunately, I just think it's time though. I just think we're going to hopefully look at this and, you know, a couple of years and be like, Hey, remember those early young Luke years where <laughs> literally every possession. Is- I mean, it's five years in. Yeah. I'm just, I'm being optimistic, <laughs> Nick. So, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it, this is it's an issue this team is dealing with right now. It's one of those where you're like, all right, this is a problem that they have. They're just going to continue to have it. Either it's on coaching or it's not. The other part of this I found interesting is the defensive angle of it. I you know, I asked Dinwiddie, what's the biggest struggle this team has defensively? He said everything. And he started going through like each each like responsibility he has. And one of the things that he pointed out was, okay, if – I if I fail like three times and somebody else fails three times and all of a sudden you know and a bunch of we all have a different couple well have a couple breakdowns here and there then it all adds up. That's one of the problems with this all or nothing defense that this Mavericks team has. Right, you go through the playoffs last year. Didn't we even said it. You go through the playoffs last year and they were playing incredible defense. This team looks like they can beat anybody. And then all of a sudden, if the effort's not there, then you get beat by anybody, especially anybody missing a star on their team or like a max player on their team. And it, it you could, it, it just takes one piece of it to break down, right? It's not a, okay, well, it's, if somebody breaks down, then everybody can recover for him and then it's great and you, you can work through it. It's like if one piece breaks down, the whole defense kind of crumbles. And so it's one of these like, 
it's a helter skelter kind of defense. It seems like at times, and yeah. this is this is the problem with this type of defense. This was kind of a problem, kids, second year in Milwaukee that people were talking about. Now, what that defense did that this defense doesn't do is that defense blitzed a ton. That defense blitzed a ton at the point of attack. They doubled really quick off the ball, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well you're just getting beat back door and getting beat a ton. This defense gets beat. Uh, gets beat on its switches a lot because Luca switches on somebody or Tim switches on somebody or it's Dwight switching on a quick guard or it's, you know, a bunch of dudes that just can't defend in multiple ways getting beat one-on-one at times or, or, or somebody being late on a rotation because it takes that intense focus on the rotations to play great defense. And so that's why when I asked Luca or I asked Dinwiddie and then later someone asked Luca the same question, what's the, the biggest problem that, this team has defensively. He said the same thing. Everything. It's just, it's just everything. Like it's everything or nothing on this defense. Did you have a, he, you know, Luca, you said Luca post game, you know, he, he, he owned, you know, like Luca does a lot. He's like, man, this game's on me. He did miss a clutch free throw. That was tough. Um, he, he said know. it was on him. The, the last pass, you know, the last pass for the yeah. the final shot was, was set up designed for Dinwiddie. Luca, they knew it was going to get doubled and they were just going to pass it quick to Dinwiddie and he was going to take the shot. And Luca said he, you know, he missed the pass. And so he said it was on him. I don't know if I, I don't know if I like believe him. He scored 40 points in this game was doing everything for this team. At times, and so you're like, well, I don't know if I'm just going to put everything on you. But uh, coming up, let's talk about what things that this team uh, can change. Let's talk about some other notes from this game, some other things that we saw, some observations. How did Josh Green play in this game? What do we think about the rotations and all that kind of stuff? We'll talk about that uh, coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, we're back after a, a, a short Wi-Fi incident. Talk more about this game. Talk about some of the things that we saw in this game, and then a couple more thoughts on the Wizards, Wizards potential trades and stuff. Uh, can we talk about the refs in this game? <laughs> because we, we talked about like the Mavs' response to it, which, you know, the refs calling this game so inconsistently is not the reason why the Mavs lost. Dinwiddie was really clear on that after the game. You heard it in his, some of his comments. But, like, this was one of the worst officiated games I think I've seen this year. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how much of it is – are the referees – just like bad or do we just have more eyes on every single play that they do now more than ever like were they this bad back in you know the 70s but people just didn't have it i mean literally you can see every single play zoomed in replays right afterwards like literally the jumbotron in the i'm sitting in the arena and like a call gets made and then all of a sudden like literally you look up and you can see how bad the call was like so quickly hd everything yeah, and then, you know, you bring social media into that, and then, you know, just everybody, it feels like every night there's clips of, you know, bad fouls and stuff to where it's like, then you collectively see it, and you're like, dang, ref, and I feel like you see it, you hear it every year, you see tweets about it every year, man, ref, officiating is just down this year, it's like, okay, well, every year feels like it's, so yeah. I don't know how to feel about it, tonight I- was a tough night, though. <laughs> it was it was bad, and it's one of those where you just go, okay, well, they're just not calling the same thing on both ends either. Like, you know, I feel like Luca just gets trucked on plays, and he doesn't he doesn't yeah. get called. It's like hey, he's he's getting the hard end. Like, oh, you try to trick us, and so we're not going to call things that that are obvious because you think you're trying. Like the reverse psychology of Luca. I think <laughs> I think we're at that point of it almost. What what did you think about the last play of the game? 
the it's the same play they've been running for every last play like it's the it's the like what are they is it elevators or what's the play where like Luca basically runs a pin down and then Luca pops up and then Luca has the ball and then I mean it's the same thing they've been running for final like it hasn't worked right am I wrong it's it's the same play yeah you know they went back to it I, I think that's the biggest <laughs> thing <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing is they went you back. know they went that's one way to put it well, they went back to it like back to back and, you know, I, I guess you could do the whole like, hey, this is, you know what they, you know what they won't think that we'll do the same play again. This is, this is a, uh, there's an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine where Jake Peralta is like, going rock, paper, scissors against somebody. And he's like, all right, here we go. One more time. Rock, paper, scissors. And he always like, he, Rosa's like, you always do paper. And she's like, is just continuing to do scissors every time. He's like, all right, one more time. One more time. One more time. He's like always doing rock. Like one time it's going to work. And it's just like, no, it's not. You're just going to keep doing rock and they're just going to keep doing scissors. It's just going to keep, you're going to keep losing. It wasn't as bad as the Cowboys last play of the season. No, but it was like, I'm going to push back on that. No. Oh, stop. Come. No, stop. Isaac, that that Cowboys last play of the season was one of the funniest, dumbest plays I've ever seen in my entire life. Isaac, Dak completed the pass. (laughs) No, no. They set up and put Lyman on and put Zeke. Mavs didn't even get a shot off. They didn't even get a shot off. They lined Zeke up at center twice. They lined it all up in the dumb formation. At least that completed a pass. Congrats on completing a pass that was seven yards whenever you needed like 80. That's more successful than what the Mavs did tonight in their their final play where they turn it over. (laughs) That's like saying, well, at least Luka dribbled. Well, congrats. He needed no, if they like, got a, we needed a no, score. No, if they got a shot off is what I would say. If they got a shot off, at least that'd be something. Okay. But like they the didn't Cowboys even get that. play was horrific. Oh, I mean, they're both bad. I mean, we're talking but about the, I, the I got the vibes of it, things. though, of like, oh, cool. That's how <laughs> this game just ended. <laughs> all that. All the complaining. All the all the popcorn that was spilt. All the everything. <laughs> everything. Um was there any, I mean, one of the, let's talk about the few bright spots, right? It's like one of the few bright spots is uh, Dwight Powell played amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Dwight played 22 points. He's the second best Mavs player. I would even consider him, him or Dinwiddie, but like 22 points, nine boards, four of them on the offensive end. He goes to the free throw line seven times. Uh, but that that's the type of stuff though. Like, you know, however, however good you feel like Dwight is that other centers in the league that I'm looking at and saying, all right, Dwight Powell just put up 22 in this in this system in this offense as the the big man playing with Luca. Yeah, like any center in the league. Could get, I mean, not to discredit Dwight, but it's like <laughs> not any center. No, 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 no. I meant like any like quality starting center. <laughs> um, <JaVale McGee laughs> no, I said quality starting JaVale center. McGee. I thought it would be Javale, <laughs> but it's like I feel like there's a lot of centers out there. Um, that could you know I would look at the situation and be like, like Mitchell Robinsons, the Jakob Pearls, the you know if you they know. had somebody like Javale McGee, goodness, that's all we wanted from Javale, just be a little bit better. Do you, than do you know they pay Javale five million dollars a year? Do you know that I didn't that's know the equivalent of nine billion sticks of gum? Yeah, uh, I thought Josh Green. Made an impact, which is why we were talking in the first segment. One of the changes they can make is put Josh Green in the starting lineup. Made two threes, seven to nine from the field. Uh, he 
had some foul trouble. He's had foul trouble a little bit here and there, but it's because he's aggressive. <laughs> he's going out like if this yeah. and if you defended aggressively in this game, you had six fouls or five fouls or at least four. <laughs> like, yeah, you had to. Everybody was just getting called for fouls. Gafford fouled out in eighteen minutes, and the Mavs scored sixty four points in the paint. Right, like they, they were being aggressive, <laughs> and he was defending. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I thought Josh Green played played a good game, and I think he should start. I think he should start over Tim. I just don't. Tim's not giving me enough in any facet of the game consistently yeah. enough to, to start. Yeah. The tough part about that is they just like playing Tim with Luca. And, but I think I, I think I would do that shakeup though. Put Tim, Why? you know, <laughs> uh, no. put Josh in for Tim and, uh, <sighs> let's roll with it. Um, yeah, I don't have much else to say about this game. It was a super short man rotation. Again, I mean, a seven man rotation. Davis played 12 minutes. If you want to say he was the eighth man, but, um, that's pretty much it. There you go. They forgot about Frank. Uh, are the the Wizards don't seem to be done making moves. Seems like they're gonna make one more move if they want to sign resign Kuzma, which Kuzma played really well in this game. Uh, Monty Morris, come on down to Dallas. Just stay here. I like our Monty Morris Gafford for Christian Wood trade. If the Mavs are gonna have to trade Christian Wood because they don't want to resign him, then Gafford and Monty Morris. Let's let's do it. Yeah, that'd be interesting to me. I wonder how. Yeah, because you know Dwight Dwight's an expiring, and then Gafford, you know, start his extension starts next year, so that could be like your new version of Dwight stuff. Because then you know if Dwight was still going, you're like, all right, we're gonna pay like twenty two million dollars for two backup you know, centers, Gafford and and Dwight type thing. But yeah, uh, is there <laughs> is there any world in which you would be interested in a Brad Beal trade? Woof, woof dot com is what I say to that. Um, Brad Beal is getting paid $57 million five years from now. So think about the Brad Beal you have right now and think about the one you'll have in five years. Like, of course, you look at Brad Beal and say, okay, that's a, if you're, that's a talent if you're upgrade for the Mavs. That's a talent upgrade for the Mavs, for sure. If you're listening to this as a senior in high school and you'll be out of college <laughs> when Brad Beal's contract is up, shoot us a tweet. <laughs> I want to know. Or if you're like in the middle of having a a baby, like your your spouse is pregnant or you are pregnant in and, the and hospital, you, and your child will like somewhere along the line, your child will be in kindergarten by the time that deal is done. Your child will be going That's to school weird. by the time that deal is done. Um, if any of y'all have ever listened to us in the hospital, like in a labor room, let me know. Delivery room, I'd love to know that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. Let us know. Yeah, I, I mean. Oh, that's one of those where like, what, what what would you even give up? Like I'm not giving up first for Brad Beal. I'm sorry. No, like, no I'm not no. like you're taking on that contract. That's a contract. Nobody wants to pay for. I think the only way I would like listen to the phone call is if Washington's looking at saying, Hey, we, you know, Brad wants to go somewhere else. Listen, we were, we screwed up. <laughs> we we want to resign Kuzma. This sounds bad. We want to build around Kuzma and KP. Yeah. Um, do it, Washington. KP looked good tonight, though. Beard, suit, all that. Tribute video. He's grown up. Thing. He's grown up and he's left the nest. I'm going to say this, too. I think people look over some of the KP stretches in Dallas and they forget about them. There's some, there were some good stretches there for oh, a few months. You, that, that's, few the, tri- that's the tribute video talking. That's the emotion of the tribute video talking through you. Because I was watching it, too, and I was like, dang, there was some good moments with KP and Luka. And remember the bubble? Right, he was scoring, should, remember he was scoring yeah. 30 points a game in the bubble? And, like, oh, remember at the end of the, the end of the tenure, we were like, oh, he's finally playing really good defense? And, like. 
It was right. Hey, remember he was wearing street clothes tonight. Remember he was like that. That was one of the reasons why they traded him. No, no, it was ready to be over. I mean, that was that was very clear. But I think the only way I'd be interested in Brad Beal deal is if Washington's looking at it saying, hey, we just want to get off the contract. Like, we don't want to pay somebody $50 million. And they call up Dallas, and they're like, hey, are there like three pieces? Like, would you do a you know, three-piece combo meal? <laughs> the Wizards like- do the Porzingis trade that the Mavs did, but back to the Mavs with Beal. It's like, all right, Tommy Shepard's just going to preach flexibility, flexibility, flexibility over and over again. Yeah. Then they would have then to. Nico, they would Nico have, walks in and says, "Hey, Spencer, you, uh, we're training you to wash it, play with Kuzma." And, no, uh, <laughs> no. Beal's coming here to play with you. <laughs> what if it was? Uh, they have to send Davis back in that deal for Brad Beal. They just don't have. Yeah, enough, like, they don't have enough salaries to make it work if they don't. Tim Davis and Javel for Brad Beal. <laughs> Do you do it? <laughs> if I'm the Wizards, no. Just just roll with what you got. Yeah, they gotta sell. They gotta sell tickets, and they gotta sell pink jerseys somehow. What I, a core to be committed to, though. Selling your fan base on, hey, we got a big three. It's the Brad worst Beals, version Kuzma, of KP. Gilbert Arenas, Larry Hughes, and Antoine Jameson that they did in 2005. That team at least went to the second round. Which one's more likely to pull out a gun? Out of those three, <laughs> I don't want to play this game. <laughs> I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, done. I'm done i'm 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 checking out i'm done with the pod i'm done <laughs> we're out guys thanks for listening to lock on maps <laughs> he's out boom <laughs>